Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mikey intern Ned Reynolds back in the studio halfway point of the week. And the Chiefs are back to work this week. OTAs. Um, how many practices will they have in total this week? Ned? This time they have three. And they began yesterday. They'll continue right on until Thursday. And I think probably these are pretty important ones, too, because while some of the newcomers showed very well in their drills last week when they had the two two sessions, I want to see if they can uh, sustain that. Uh, Justin Ross and people of that caliber are certainly being looked upon very carefully by Kansas City. So Andy Reid will put them through drills again. Three sessions, four sessions coming up next week. And then they have the mandatory minicamp that all the players have to attend. That's all 90 of them. And that'll be a three-day session in the middle of June. <laughs> then they get a break of about, what, a month and a half mm-hmm. or so, and then head on to a wonderful fall camp, which begins in late July. And I know the players just love that. Too. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> dude, if you've ever been to a training camp in St. Joe, it's it's warm. It gets really warm. And that's why they do them either so early or they're usually done by early, early afternoon because it just gets way too hot, especially for us just sitting there watching, not even working out. So I can't it's, imagine It's interesting, too, out. that you mentioned that because the Chiefs do open the season in Arizona. And they uh, this is September 11th when they play the Arizona Cardinals. It's a late afternoon game, and it will be very, very hot out in Phoenix. It always is. Now, those games are indoors. It's controlled, but still you have that climate to contend with. That'll be, that'll be interesting to see how they are able to adjust to the desert heat, although the game will be played under a much more controlled circumstance. Absolutely. Um, but again, I, I'll never forget in high school football going back to practice in the summertime and just, oh, my God. Hottest I've ever been in my life. All right. So as we get back to normalcy and the world returns to uh, attended sporting events, one of the biggest in the entire country is the Indy 500. They had a lot of people this year, didn't they? This was the first one before a full house in three years. And did the fans ever respond? Well, the official attendance, which was released yesterday, was 316,000 people. 316,000 in one venue. Now, keep in mind, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is huge and covers a tremendous area. But still, 316000 is pretty good. It also contributed to the largest purse ever. It's a $16 million purse for the Indy 500. And the winner, Marcus Erickson, got a record $8 million out of that, too. That's, that's pretty good. That's a lucrative event, folks. And interestingly enough, it's expensive to produce those cars and to be into Indy style racing and NASCAR racing, for that matter. You have to have a lot of bucks behind you. They had trouble filling the field this year. They did get 33. It's a 33 starting grid. But they didn't have a tremendous number of drivers who were trying to qualify for it. They just did beat that limit. So we're probably running into an interesting economic time here. But over and above all that, 316,000 folks uh, certainly helps the cash register a little bit. And those cars go fast. But you're right, though, man. If you know anything about racing, especially those cars, it is an expensive sport. Mike, you mentioned the fast, too. Folks, watching it on television, you cannot appreciate. No. And how fast they... And and bring that up for a split second, too. Watching sports on TV is great. That's what I do for a living. But by the same token, you don't get the same kind of ambiance and the panoramic view when you get in person. The same with the racing, same with baseball, basketball, any of those. You might see the game better and see the race better sitting in your living room. But you don't really get that whole feeling of what everything is supposed to be, the impact 
of a sports event. They're out of the money, and that's why I live at Arrowhead Stadium every year as much <laughs> as I can. All right, last but not least, our first two high school state baseball champions have been, or at least earned their spot, if you will. Who are they? It's St. Elizabeth in Class 1. St. Elizabeth defeated Oran late yesterday, 9-2. to That was the Class 1 game. And in Class 2, Russellville, which is not too terribly far away from St. Elizabeth, uh, got their victory, too, with the 5-3 win over Portageville. So they are the first two state champions, St. Elizabeth and Russellville. Now, today, we have the Classes 3 and 4 teams, today and tomorrow. And we have very good area representative, uh, representatives in this. Class 3 is Springfield Catholic. They are scheduled to play later this afternoon. Hopefully, weather will permit that. And the Class 4 team, which begins at 10 o'clock this morning, is Logan Rogersville. Uh, this is a very, very good team that Coach Little has put out there on the field. And I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see the area representation here because I think it's probably going to be pretty good. I absolutely believe that. A 10 o'clock start, though, that's early for a game. What do you think about Those kids that? are ready. And if they even slept last night, to be honest with you. <laughs> I have to understand that there are four games each yeah. day down there since you have the semifinal, the two semifinals in each class, and that, that takes up a pretty good portion of the it day. It sure does. Well, good luck to our area teams. Cardinals and Royals both played last night. Did they get the dubs? Cardinals did. Royals did not. Cardinals beat the San Diego Padres 3-2 to two in 10 innings. It's kind of, I'm a little puzzled by all this. San Diego's a very good baseball team, but they're in a slump right now. They're not hitting the ball well, and they've had some injury factor. But Cardinals, now keep in mind, Mike, the major league rule for this year, again, is a runner on second base in extra innings. So the game goes to the 10th inning. The Padres get a runner on second base. He tries to score on a base hit with a one out, I beg your pardon, with two outs in the, uh, in the 10th inning. Base hit right through the middle. Here he comes around third, and the Cardinals throw him out at home plate. Throw the runner out. Now, why wasn't he on third? Why wasn't he sacrificed over? This Bob Melvin coaching this team. He's an old pro manager. I just do not understand this concept at all. Okay, having said all that, Cardinals, of course, get their runner on second base. In the last of the 10th, they bring him home with a base hit. So the Cardinals get the win 3-2 in 10 innings. Kansas City Royals fell to the Cleveland Guardians, and the final there was 8-3. to The Royals... I. I'm just puzzled by this whole team. They just can't seem to get things together, and their pitching is not very good at all. So they lose. Both those teams, both the Cardinals and Royals, will play at noontime today. So day baseball, we'll see what happens, and hopefully the weather will allow them to play. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We'll see, uh, but definitely uh, always nice to be able to uh, hear a day game um, in the middle of the week. I will say this. St. Louis Cardinals are really starting to look like a pretty good team for me. If they can, they got some new young blood in there, and if they can figure out a way to work together consistently, I think we might give the uh, NL Central a run for its money. Their problem is is a pitching depth. Yep. Now last night they had Adam Wainwright, and uh, I'm sorry, he was the day before had Adam Wainwright on the hill, and he was uh, he was very very good. Uh, the fact of the matter remains, though, that they they have to get a good mix of pitchers in there because they're facing some pretty good offensive teams. The Brewers, even the Cubbies, who the Cardinals will play uh, starting on Thursday night, tomorrow night, and right through the weekend. While they're not a very good team, they can hit, especially mm-hmm. at Wrigley Field. Yeah. So, yeah, there are some good offensive teams in there. Yeah, it's uh, the NL Central going to be a tough, tough place to be in, and it's really going to come down to health and who can get those deadline signings and uh, hopefully add to their depth. <laughs> hopefully it's the St. Louis Cardinals. All right, so uh, what about the Springbirds? How'd they do? Springbirds started a homestand last night, and this is a six-game homestand with the Arkansas Travelers. That's the Seattle Mariners. 
Double uh, A Farm Club. Boy, this this stat just bothers the daylights out of me. Springfield had 14 hits in this game, four runs and 14 hits. Think about that: four runs, 14 hits. Arkansas has nine runs on 10 hits. Springfield out hit them 14 to 10, and yet they're beaten nine to four. Eh, it doesn't compute. Anyway, the fact is the Springbirds got off to a, a, a loss to start things out. But keep in mind, it's developing these young players for the big show. And this kid, Mason Wynn, who is playing at shortstop, is tearing the cover off the ball. This kid's playing very well, had a couple of hits, including a home run last night. And the big kid, Jordan Walker, at third base, he had three more hits. These guys can hit the ball. There's no pitching. And that's what the Cardinals need, pitching. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and, it, and it's a scary thing to see that in your development team. Then it goes all the way to the top. But uh, hopefully they can uh, right that wrong. Last but not least, uh, St. Louis Blues, of course, out at the Stanley Cup playoffs. But if you like hockey, you're definitely watching the semifinals. The first one's over. Who won that one? Interesting you would mention that because I'm like you. I don't have a dog in the hunt mm-hmm. on this. But I <clears throat> noticed that it was on. This is the first game of the semifinals. In the West, first game in the East is tonight with the Tampa Bay Lightning visiting the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Okay, last night, Colorado Avalanche, the team that eliminated the Blues, playing the Edmonton Oilers. Now, when you compare scores, their game last night is the equivalent of a baseball game ending 17-12 to or 17-13 to or something like that. Final score was Colorado 8, Edmonton 6. You don't have, in National Hockey League action, a lot of goals, that many. 14 goals scored in one game. Good gracious. Now the final goal was an empty net, but, but they over 13 goals in a hockey game is crazy. Yeah, that's it was. 13. <laughs> that, that's just ridiculous. It is. 8-6 was the final. The Avalanche win. The Avalanche are a pretty, pretty good team, and I really feel they'll probably take this series. But over and above all that in hockey, anything can happen. Anything can happen, but like I've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks, Avalanche got the speed, and that's what kills. Ned, you have a great day, and don't be too fast.